This is a new dimension in sound. You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. Well, you had a lot of fun reading this book, didn't you? Really did. You know, it's a book called Founding, Founding Faith. Faith, and um, I really enjoyed reading it. It seemed like it really brought the pieces together. But you know, you think of separation of of church and state. You know, why was that necessary? And yet, United States is founded on that. And uh, why was that better than having uh, religions mixed all in with the? Um, government and there's reasons for that you know there was strong factions like the puritans were pulling their way and you know a lot of these religions were biased for their them and not for equal rights for everyone else so you know without one religion or without a, a mass holiness of everyone you know where everyone would follow morality kind of thing I think the uh, founding fathers of the United States came up, and they, you know, we're inventing government, we're inventing constitutions and everything. I think they came up with simply a brilliant compromise that would work for justice and protection and empowerment for all the people. To talk about this further is the author of Founding Faith, Providence, Politics, and the Birth of Religious Freedom in America. Would you welcome to the show Stephen Waldman. How are you doing, Steve? Very well. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. How long did it take you to plunk this one out? Well, I, you know, I had my day job during this whole time, which is editing uh, the website beliefnet.com. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was uh, chugging away on this pretty much... At nights and on the weekends, to my, to the disgust of the rest of my family. Oh yeah. So it took about three years. Oh wow. my. You know, it's hard to get a book launched, and you know, for all of you out there who are working on your little book jobs, don't quit your day job, because <laughs> a lot of them don't take off. This one's a really well-founded book. You know, I found it really refreshing, unbiased refereeing, and then great research to sort of give you an idea of what went on in the founding of the United States. And on, on the Roman numeral 11 in the introduction, there's a list of myths, and I'd like to go through a few of them with you, Stephen. Okay, the first one is, America was settled as a bastion for religious freedom. Is it, what's that? Is that true? or? No, it really wasn't. I mean, diff- different um, sects came to America because they wanted religious freedom for themselves. Uh, the Puritans wanted to be able to practice their faith purely without uh, without the impurities of other sects. And the Church of England settled in the South, and the Quakers were in Pennsylvania, and so in different pockets there were different faiths, but mm-hmm. in each case they pretty much wanted to have it uh, their way. So you had um, this, this act that kept 
replaying over and over again in the first 150 years of American history of uh, of a particular religion going to an area because they wanted freedom for themselves and then turning around and, and persecuting or harassing whatever the minority religion was in that area. Yeah. So the Quakers were horribly persecuted by the Puritans in Massachusetts. Uh, it was really a crime to be a, literally a, a Quaker, and uh, four of them were actually executed for the crime of being a Quaker. Wow. And in the South, the Baptists were uh, were persecuted. Mm-hmm. So everyone got everyone had their chance at persecuting everyone else, uh, and you know that that model went on for about 150 years. Yeah. So maybe the Quakers had a good justifiable reason to be quaking in their boots. <laughs> <laughs> well, even they had a, you know even they had their shot at um, uh, Pennsylvania was going to be the kind of the the uh, Tolerant religious paradise, uh, and Quakers were in control there, and that had their own problems. Ironically, everyone ended up getting angry at the Quakers because, in their pacifism, they weren't able to protect the borders against Indian raids. And everyone said, "You're shoving your Quaker views down our throats." So even even the Quakers, who you know before that had been preaching tolerance of their own right. ended up tripping up when they were in control of government. So actually, uh, realism and the uh, the savagery of the fight with the Indians uh, sort of forced some of the Quakers to have to sort of change something there. Yeah, and it was it was a really interesting moment because you can imagine it was a very painful uh, decision to have to make for some of the Quakers, and they essentially got voted out of office. Um, because they were viewed as not in, in protecting the uh, the frontier. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts with sound answers to life's tough questions. Our guest today is Stephen Waldman, and he's written a book called Founding Faith, Providence, Politics, and the Birth of Religious Freedom in America. So the Declaration of Independence and the Revolutionary War a lot of us would think that it's mostly rebelling against uh, religious tyranny from, you know, leaving uh, Europe and not letting them get a hold of us. Is that what most of that was about? Yeah, you'll hear people say, well, we wanted, we didn't want to have a state religion like they had in Europe. But the founders didn't have to look that far. It was in the American colonies they had state religions. Eleven of the 13 colonies, in effect, had state religions or official um backing of one religion over another and in uh, you know in, in in New England it tended to be the Puritan churches and in the south it tended to be the Church of England but uh, there were very, it was very common for there to be a state backing of the religion right. meaning they would pay the salaries of the ministers and help build the churches and that kind of thing so so and these you... experiments really didn't work very well and so when the when you got to the declaration and the constitution the founders rebelled against those models. Right. So if you happen to be in one of the states that, let's say, went all for uh, being Puritans and favored and the taxes went to them and stuff, but you weren't a Puritan, it wouldn't be a fair representation and you wouldn't be treated fairly. Right. And you would, and your own tax dollars would be going to subsidize beliefs you found repellent. Right. And, and wrong. And, 
So you had, uh, you know, in, in the case of Massachusetts, for instance, Baptists there were protesting and even went and appealed to John Adams and Sam Adams and said, you folks are, are agitating for freedom from Great Britain. Uh, you know, while you're at it, if we're going to be fighting for freedom, shouldn't we have our own freedom right here? Right. From state to state and that kind of thing. Right. So uh, part of what um, was the formula pushing on them to write the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, all that, was partly based on uh, each religious area had their own bias uh, a lot, and it, it wasn't a way for a country to unite. Right, and, and it, this point didn't occur to them until they were forced to start acting as a unified country. Right. It really had been almost 13 separate countries. Yes. Um, and, you know, one of the most interesting moments and figures in this is George Washington, who, of course, um, is, is well known as a courageous and far-sighted leader, but I hadn't realized fully the extent to which he was, how far-sighted he was on religious tolerance issues. And a lot of it came from a very practical core where as the head of the Continental Army, he was really one of the first men to have to look at this this conglomeration of colonies as a nation. So, for instance, um, there was a lot of anti-Catholic sentiment mm -hmm. in the colonies, even yeah. to the point where the soldiers in the Continental Army would go around burning effigies of the Pope. Oh, that's uh, an insult. Yeah, and, you know, it, it was an insult on a number of levels. First of all, he had soldiers from Maryland who were Catholic. So yes. you can imagine he's trying to build this army, and one part of the army is learning effigies of the Pope. And then he also thought, you know, we're trying to win the support of France and of the Catholics in Canada. France was being Catholic. Yeah. And we're going around insulting them and their religion by burning effigies of the Pope. So he banned the practice, and he banned a number of other uh, anti-Catholic things. And it was just a really good example of how he saw that now that we're having to think like a nation, and a nation that's composed of very diverse components, right. we have to we have to approach religious freedom in a very different way. And there's no way we could stand or separate from Britain if we couldn't unite. Right. It was it was a practical necessity. Yeah. So folks who might otherwise, you know, not really have wanted to let down their guard against religions that they thought were false religions or dangerous religions, ended up putting those views aside uh, in order to achieve this, this greater goal. Yes. So we're talking with Stephen Waldman uh, today, for those who have just joined us, and he is the author of Founding Faith. Providence, Politics, and the Birth of Religious Freedom in America here on Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. So I, I've read quite a bit about the deist and the deist philosophy. And uh, so a number of the founding fathers, they said, were deists and uh, wanted religious freedom because they were. Uh, is that true? or? Well, you know, you often hear that, uh, particularly on the, on the left, that the founders were were mostly deists. And the first of all, most of them were not even close to being deists. They were Orthodox Christians. Now, the ones who were, the ones who were most commonly uh, described that way, like Thomas Jefferson mm -hmm. and uh, Ben Franklin. Franklin actually at one point referred to himself as a deist. Um, I argue in this book were not really deists 
in a in a pure sense anyway, in in this way, yeah. that one part of the common definition of deism is that God uh, created the universe and the laws of the universe, but sort of receded from the action and wasn't the direct personal God. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, Jefferson and Franklin both uh, had mo- strong moments in their lives where they felt that. Uh, God was intervening in history, intervening on the behalf of the United States yep. in the war and intervening in their personal lives. So they were they were deists in the sense that they rejected the Bible as a literal document. Yes. And they very much rebelled against organized religion and the church. Right. But people sometimes mistake that as thinking that they had a kind of very abstract spirituality. And it was uh, sort of an intellectual spirituality, and uh, but they had, at least in moments in their lives, a much more personal conception of God. So, you know, all the studying I've done, and even the sensing, intuitive sensing I've done, it seems like our founding fathers, by and large, were very moral, um, spiritual people. Religious or not, they were very moral, spiritual people. And they believed in a higher power. I think that's I think that's true certainly of the of the five major ones that I studied: Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, and Franklin. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say about them is that they had spiritual journeys. You know, they they where they ended up was not where they started, and they they all changed over the course of their lives, and they all were very conscientious about it. You know, it's really amazing to read the writing the personal writings of the founders, because they were really working it through. They, and they were amazing correspondence between Adams and Jefferson right. Lee in their lives, yeah. where they go back letter after letter, uh, chewing over difficult you know, theological and spiritual issues, and they were trying to work it through till the end of their time. So they were really earnestly trying to find the right truth and the right solution for a new nation. And for themselves, I think part of the we, freedom... We need, we need to take a break. We'll come right back and finish up. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber, your spiritual lifestyle experts, helping humanity wake up one show at a time. Our guest today, Stephen Waldman, founding faith, providence, politics, and the birth of a religious freedom in America. We'll be right back with more. <laughs> 